1: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Gleitman, who uh, is now at the Buckeye Huddle. But um, we were the Hoosier Huddle first. Um, Alex Gleitman has been around the Buckeyes, uh, helps cover Rutgers as well. Uh, Friend of the show. Alex, how are you doing? I'm
0: good, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. Always fun uh, this week of the year to, uh, to come on the show and talk a little Buckeyes Hoosiers with you.
1: Yeah, this is probably the most fun we'll have all week uh, <laughs> before the game. But uh, Indiana comes into the game uh, on Saturday as 40-point underdogs, 40 and a, 40 and a hook. Uh, Ohio State's coming in, obviously, number two in the country, 9-0 uh, and and things like that. Uh, and, and I know fans are, and people are poking holes in the Buckeyes, especially after last week's performance at Northwestern in a – uh, monsoon, hurricane, whatever whatever storms come off the lake like that. Uh, just take us through Ohio State season this year. Yeah, I mean, look, I think
0: obviously you are what your record says you are, right? And they're 9-0. and As you said, they're number two in the college football playoff rankings. And they're exactly where we thought they would be at this point in the season. They're exactly where they wanted to be at this point in the season. They got Indiana at home this week. They go to Maryland next week. Those are two games that they should be pretty heavy favorites. Well, they obviously are for, for Indiana and they should be a pretty heavy favorite against Maryland. And then, you know, the season really comes down to the game uh, against Michigan the last weekend of the year. Um, and it looks like that game is going to determine not only the big 10 East winner, but very likely the big 10's representative in the college football playoffs. So, you know, when you talk about expectations, I think Ohio sits exactly where we thought they would be, but, how they got there, maybe a little bit not, you know, along the path that everyone thought in game one against Notre Dame. They lost Jackson Smith the Jigba to a hamstring injury. JSN was, you know, potential Heisman candidate, certainly a Bolitnikov uh favorite, uh, or one of the favorites. Um, came off a, a Big Ten record season, Rolls Bowl record performance at the end of last year. And that hamstring injury, I mean, he he came back for A couple games along the way but really hasn't been able to get it right so you're not going to see him this weekend against indiana um i mean there's a chance you'll see him maybe against maryland and then maybe against michigan but i wouldn't be shocked if either a he's done for the full year or maybe if they make the playoffs that's when he comes back but either way they've they've had to learn to win without their best skill position player and then along the way they've had some injuries too travion henderson's missed games mayan williams their other running back has missed games so It's really um, forced them to learn how to win with some younger guys, some other players outside of the guys we expected them to do. And then on the other side of the ball, Ohio State's defense against teams with a pulse last year was not very good. They basically cleaned house other than Larry Johnson on that side of the ball. And Jim Knowles, the new defensive coordinator, had high expectations when he came in, but I think he's exceeded those already. Ohio State's the only team in the country with a top-five offense, which was expected, but they also are the only team in the country that has not only a top-five offense but a top-five defense. And um, I think people would have been very happy if you said Ohio State would have had a, a top-20 defense this year, but to have a top-five defense, I think it's really when the offense has sputtered at times because of a variety of issues that they're going through, uh, the defense has really picked up the slack and really helped them get going, especially the last few weeks. Uh, Iowa, Penn State, and then last week, as you said, against Northwestern in in a game that probably just needs to be thrown out
1: because of how crazy the weather was there. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask about. It seems like, you know, I watched the Ohio State-Penn State game as I used by week. It was a good game up until like the last crazy eight minutes or so. Um, It seems like to me, at least in the small sample size that I've watched Ohio State, um, they've kind of struggled to put points up. In the first half, and then all of a sudden the avalanche hits. Is that a, a pattern that has happened this year? At least the last few weeks. I mean, to me, I,
0: you know, is it our teams doing things like I know Iowa, for example, um, gave them a completely different look on defense than what they had seen. You know, Iowa normally plays a, a cover two with the two high safeties, and they gave them a completely different look playing cover zero cover one right and that 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 tinkered with what ryan day and kevin wilson had planned to do coming into the game and it i thought it took them a little too long to adjust um and and then penn state i know gave them a, a few different looks as well and was was doing some things executionally to beat ohio state um and i thought it took them too long to adjust so you know, is it me, am I right, that they're taking too long to adjust? Or is Ohio State just so talented that they just eventually wear you down and and, and break through even when you are playing well against them? I don't know, but you are right to a point. And in, in even the Notre Dame game, you look at that game in the opener, I know they lost JSN and they were trying to, to figure things out. They didn't have Julian Fleming in that game either. Um, so they were really down a few, few big-time receivers unexpectedly. But, you know, Notre Dame, I mean, that was one where they slow started and then, you know, kind of roared back um later in the game so I, I don't know I, is it a trend is it is it just is it adjusting too late is it uh is it just getting different things thrown at them or or eventually just being able to be so good that they're wearing teams down I, I don't know but there is some sort of uh pattern there and I'm sure uh they're trying to going to try and break that this week against Indiana
1: a little bit yeah I want to talk about the playoff a little bit I, I there's a chance that two Big Ten teams get in. Anything could happen. I mean, they're talking about like a four-loss Alabama team could get in. (laughs) Whatever. Um, But should uh, Michigan uh, do the unthinkable and beat Ohio State in the shoe, would the Indiana win is not going to turn people's heads, but would it make the – people who are looking at that resume if Ohio State beats Indiana is it back to like that early 90s late 90s style points hey they had that tough game against Northwestern but that's now due to the weather uh, and things like that do you see Ohio State just putting pedal to the metal and, and not taking it off until you know it's triple zeros in the fourth quarter I
0: think it, I think if they can it will be right
1: like I think they certainly
0: um are going to try and yeah kind of exert their will in the next two weeks really if they could do it against Maryland as well I think they're going to try and you know Ryan Day would never admit it but I do think style points are certainly going to play a little bit of a factor I don't think he'd ever admit this either but I think they'd love to get CJ Stroud a Heisman trophy this year as well and you know if they could he obviously didn't have great stats last week and you know I think if they could come in and let him throw for 400 plus yards and four plus touchdowns over the next two weeks i think they're going to try to let them do that and and uh and really get the team i think it's more than anything just getting the team some confidence that they can do uh what they want to do on offense for a full four quarters heading into that michigan game i think that's probably it more than
1: anything yeah uh going back to that offense a a name that's familiar to indiana fans marvin harrison marvin harrison jr is having a big time season. Uh, It seemed that anytime they need a play, he's the guy they go to, um, you know, and you could put two, three guys on him. He still finds a way to get open. Um, Just tell us a little bit about uh, Marvin Jr.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's an incredible talent, obviously got to learn from one of the best to ever do it. As a lot of people listening who are Colts fans probably know, Um, you know, his dad, he's just, He, like, his dad raised him the right way. Like, he is a yes-sir, no-sir guy off the, you know, on and off the field. He is all about football, you know, just studying film, in the weight room, how do I get better? And one of the big reasons, you know, they made a business decision to come to Ohio State. They felt that Brian Hartline, being a former player, um, you know, they just loved what, you know, what he brought to the table as far as being able to develop junior and, you know, the proof is in the pudding right now. You're seeing him in year two, just have an incredible year. Uh, teams are now starting to Northwestern really started to, to double team him last week. And um, I mean, he's the best, he's the best playmaker they have. As you said, At 10 catches, we got like a 10 catches 185 yards or something like that against Penn state, all 10 catches went for first downs. You almost wondered when they were struggling a little bit, like why they weren't throwing to him almost every single time. Cause Penn state couldn't seem to stop it. And, Um, you know, he, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, he's a Blitnikov, he's going to be probably be a Blitnikov finalist. Um, he not only catches for a ton of yards, but he catches a lot of touchdowns too. He's got a, he's got a big frame, like a six, three plus six, four frame. Um, so in the red zone, he's very, very good, great hands, great route runner. Um, you know, as I said, he's, he's his dad with more size, I'd say. So, um, they got someone who probably should have been ranked a little bit higher as a high school recruit. And you're seeing, uh, you're seeing kind of those, those all field intangibles come into play with, with Ohio state's development.
1: If Ohio state had a weakness that could be exploited, um, what would that be?
0: Yeah. I mean, on offense, they've struggled in the run game. Um, you know, Iowa, Penn state, Northwestern, I would watch what those teams did. I mean, Northwestern was a little different because you knew they couldn't throw the ball. So they were able to like put nine guys in the box that obviously won't happen this weekend in what looks to be better, <laughs> much, much, much better weather conditions. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, teams are, teams are loading a the box. They're slanting down. They're, they're taking away, you know, some of the the run gaps in Ohio State's zone scheme. Um, Ohio state's got to find answers for that. They, they struggled. They, they figured it out a little bit later against Penn state. Uh, they struggled against Iowa. They were held to like 60 something yards in that game rushing. Uh, they need to be able to run the ball to beat, really good teams um, and if a team like Indiana is able to stop the run they're going to have a chance you know just like Iowa did for a few quarters Penn State did for a few quarters and even Northwestern did for for a few quarters so um, on offense I'd say you know the run game is is something that between injuries and just some schematic things and execution it's it's been a combination of not the best uh, I know statistically it probably doesn't look like that and then you know, on defense, I think the cornerbacks have been a lot better, but the cornerbacks with some injuries and just some issues early on were uh, a little bit of a weak spot, being able to throw on them a little bit. Um, it seems like, you know, Northwestern and Penn State found a couple things in the run defense that they've been able to exploit the last couple weeks. So no glaring weakness on defense, but it, it does seem like, you know, Jim Knowles, the defensive quarter admits that they build their defense for five explosive plays against them for an entire game to still be able to win. So I would say if you're Indiana, you really got to take advantage of when those opportunities come about.
1: Yep. Uh, speaking of this series, Indiana hasn't won uh, against the Buckeyes since 1988. They haven't beaten the Buckeyes in in, in at Ohio Stadium since '87. Kevin Wilson and, and Tom Allen have had their close calls. There have been games where it, it's been crazy. The onside kick game in 2012. Um, you know the the Michael Penix comeback in 2020. Uh, 2015 was a close game. It just seemed that Indiana was kind of closing the gap. But the last couple years, that gap has widened. Uh, What do you see the difference? I know as an outsider on Indiana football, but what do you see the difference there? Is it totally that, you know, we know it's a talent gap. There's always going to be a talent gap uh, between IU and and Ohio State. But what what kept Indiana in those games, um, you know, just – you know, a decade ago uh, to now that, you know, they lost in, in 2019 big, they lost last year uh, big at home, uh, and this year 40-and-a-half point underdogs. You know, wh- what do you see where IU's not getting the job done and Ohio State is?
0: Yeah, you know, that's
1: it's a good question. I mean, obviously, I think the
0: talent gap, like, I think IU should have had, like, I don't think they've recruited ever since that 2020 year, you kind of thought that they would take steps in the right direction. It's almost like they went backwards and that was kind of a funky year, but you know, I, I don't know if they've recruited as well as I expected them to. Um, I don't know. Like you would expect them to to have closed the gap maybe from a talent perspective. I know they've gone to the portal and some things like that as well. Um, you know, I think the talent gap has probably widened uh, over the last couple of years. If, if that, you know, explains things. I don't know. I just think you look at those IU teams under Kevin Wilson. I mean, they had a lot of NFL players, right? Like they had some NFL linemen. They had NFL running backs. uh, They had some NFL receivers. And even that 2020 team, it seemed like when you talk about the Jimmys and Joes, you know, Michael Penix was was really, really, really good that year before he got hurt, obviously. Um, And they had, you know, a really good receiver on that team. I mean, this year I haven't watched a ton of IU, but when I have, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. Their old lines not good. Their running backs aren't, you know, aren't good. You know, you, you don't have the guys that they used to have in that room. It seemed like almost like every year in those Kevin Wilson years where they were competing, like, they would just be churning out a different NFL back every single year, right? Like, Tevin Coleman, there was a few other guys. Jordan um, Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. There's There was a couple others in there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know they had a kid from from Glenville that was pretty good, too. If I, you know, Shane Wynn as a slot receiver was, like, a really nice player. Um, you know, they, they had some like, and and then obviously, you know, the Courtland Suttons of the world and all those guys, like they had some NFL talent. I'm just not seeing NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball. And as good as their defense has been at times under Tom Allen, I'm not sure if the offense has ever really matched it. 2020 was probably the year, um, you know, Tom Allen, very good coach. Kevin Wilson, I think was an even better coach in my opinion, um, you know, they did some things X's and O's wise that were really, really good in those games. I just, you know, at some point your talent just is, is too overmatched. And I think push comes to shove. That's really what it what it comes down
1: to. Yeah, I know in a perfect world, having a few more years of Kevin Wilson as a head coach and Tom Allen as a defensive coordinator probably changes things for IU. Um, there's a quarterback commit from IU from Cane Ohio. Um, I don't know much about Kanefield Field, but it's Brock Lowry. He's carrying that team. Um, what do you know about Brock Brock Lowry uh, that you could tell us? And uh, if, if it's not nothing, uh, that's okay, too. Uh, but what, what can you give uh, Hoosier fans hope for the future?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, he wasn't, you know, sometimes a lot of these in-state guys, you know, Ohio State will have, have at least had them in camp or looked at them closely to at least you know, make sure they're checking the boxes. They didn't really do that here with, with Brock. Um, but I, what I can tell you is that he does come from like a, a, a good, strong program um, in that like Northeast Ohio area. Um, you know, I know that, you know, looking at his offers, it, it's Iowa State has offered, uh, which, you know, Matt Campbell knows the state of Ohio inside and out. And if if he's offering a kid, you know, I think he's he's got a chance to be a, a pretty decent upside player because that's, you know, Iowa state, they're not going to get those four and five star kids. They're going to live in those three stars from the Midwest. They're going to develop in their program. So that tells me a lot, you know, so I don't know a ton about the kid. I'll leave it at that. But I know the program he comes from, you know, he's well coached. Um, He plays against good competition. He's going to be battle tested. And, um, you know, as I said, if Matt Campbell gives the stamp of approval, I think that that's, that's good by
1: me. Uh, Final question on on this game, Alex, Uh, if you're a casual fan turning in, um, uh, tuning into this game, uh, what are you watching? Are you watching a Taiwan Mullen matchup against Marvin Harrison? Are you looking at, um, you know, maybe another matchup there?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I guess if you're, you're Indiana, you're, you know, how, how, how does, or if you're an NFL scout, right? Like how does Mullen stack up against, not only Marvin Harrison, Emeka Bukas is, is a really good pl- player, Julian Fleming. So how do, how does IU's secondary stack up against, you know, Ohio State's really good receivers? I think if you're an Ohio State guy, you know, where can they – got to be watching. And I think this goes for Indiana, too, because I think this will judge how close this game is. How does Ohio State's run game do against the Indiana defense? I think that that's going to be a big – uh tell you know is this going to be a a blowout from start to finish is it going to be a, a tough hard fought game for a few quarters maybe Ohio State pulls away at the end so um that's probably what I'm watching I, I think that the San McCullough story you know he was committed to Ohio State at one point his dad was at Indiana he ended up going there his dad's now left Indiana but he's he's you know had an opportunity to come in as a freshman and make an impact I don't know if that would have been the case at Ohio State so it'll be interesting to watch because I think he'll you know, I don't know. I have again. I'm not. I haven't paid too much attention to IU, but I've seen him on the field. I know he's done some things in flashes as a freshman. So that's a storyline that I think could be interesting to watch as well. So,
1: yeah, Dasan, He's he looks like a player. He plays like a player. Um, but he is filled out like a true freshman, and he just if another year or two in the weight room, he is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, and you just hope that at least from the IU perspective. You hope you could hang on to him uh, and have him be the the face of the program for the next couple years, Alex. As always, uh, thanks for for tuning in. Uh, tell tell our crew where we could uh, follow you guys and and find you on the web.
0: Yeah, uh, very simply, similar to you guys, BuckeyeHuddle dot com. Um, we have free content. We have some some stuff behind the paywall and on the message boards, but. Yeah, BuckeyeHuddle.com, our Buckeye Huddle YouTube channel has got plenty of content. We do whole pregame show, postgame show. We have all the press conferences up there. So if you are an Indiana football fan, you're interested in seeing what Ryan Day or some of the other coaches had to say about the Hoosiers. Uh, We usually cover the the visiting team's press conference uh, as well after the game. So we should have some Tom Allen video uh, up there. So uh you know buckeyehuddle.com buckeyehuddle on youtube at buckeyehuddle on twitter i'm at alex gleitman on twitter um, always happy to answer questions always love coming to bloomington and uh, always have a great time being on the show
1: yeah all, always fun hope to catch you in person uh, sometime soon alex and uh, best of luck to our jets uh you know coming up against uh, we've got a bye week and then new england again so uh yeah
0: we got to break the streak here. We almost had him a couple weeks ago, but I yeah. think
1: this is this is it. All right. Thank you. Thanks. No problem.
0: Say goodbye.